Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Here we go. Back again. Feels like I haven't seen you guys in a long time. At least a week. No, more than something different. Maybe it's just all of you in one spot. I don't know. That might be it. I mean, we saw each other in person two days ago. Does that not count? No, it really doesn't because my back's to you most of the time in that office. So (laughs) I can't say that I saw you. I think I heard you though. So everybody good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell it's like you're getting into the doldrums of summer when we're like eh it's summer <laughs> when we're taping this on a friday is it going to be another rainy weekend it feels like every weekend's a rainy weekend it was supposed to be nice but who knows it, the you can't trust the weather forecasts anymore not that i blame the meteorologist but just things have yeah. just gotten so volatile well bill you can always dress in pink and go see the barbie movie you're looking for something to do you think i'm not <laughs> <laughs> counting on it actually my daughter saw it last night and she said it was actually really really good so take that for what it's worth but she's 22 so has anyone seen oppenheimer yet i was I, that's the one that we're that we were planning on going to maybe tonight if it rains we're going to try to go to the drive-in at martyr i mean the walk-in at martyrs um but if it rains we might hit oppenheimer Joe Workmeister this morning said he thought he liked it a lot. It was good. I heard this morning it was the most important film of the century, which seems like a endorsement it cannot possibly live up to. (laughs) Is it of this century or last century? I'm not sure which century they mean. I'll say the most important of the last century. Right. That's my thinking. I guess they just meant the last 100 years. They weren't really counting, uh, you know, 21st century, 20th century. That's an important distinction. It's important to go see both movies together, though, I heard this morning. And there's a there's a word for it. It's uh, Barbieheimer. Barbieheimer. Yeah. yeah. Barbenheimer. Yeah. Gavin and Georgie are doing that. Uh. (laughs) Good to to know. I just read an article about the length of movies is so much longer than than uh, than they used to be. We just we watched. uh, We finally got to see the Ari Aster film. Bo is afraid which I was really looking forward to because I really like, but three hours long. Oh, no. I have no idea what that is. Uh-uh. He's the guy who did heredit- Hereditary and... Uh, oh, that one was weird. And uh, mid Midsummer. I will mail a $10 bill to anybody listening to this podcast that has ever heard of that movie before. <laughs> Bo is afraid? I think it's... I think it's uh, Nobody, Joe, of- which is why you <laughs> wanted to see it. <laughs> Whatever. I was excited. But three hours is a commitment. I think Scorsese's next movie is clocking in at four. Three, I think it's three twenty-six. And I just read the book, and the book's only like that thick. It's yeah. like how can you make a four-hour movie out of a book that's that thin? I, I, I will go see a four-hour Scorsese film. Ugh, God love you. You know what? You know what? All of this has nothing in common with the t- the topic that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Was we that what you're going to say? Charlie, we invited Charlie on to listen to us talk about movies. <laughs> well, well yeah. Stacey's making a four-hour film. There's going to be a goat in it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the greatest of all time. He is goat. He's so the goat. goat. So. We got it. We got it. We figured it out. All right.
So that was Bill Sutton's voice you heard at the top of the podcast. Hey, Bill. Hey, Matt. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And also here's Joe Shaw, talking film. Hey, Joe. Hey, Annette. I'm Joe Shaw. I'm the executive editor of the Express News Group. And you guys have really not heard about Bo is Afraid? No, we run in different circles, Joe. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix film? Oh, okay. All right, dude. And, and Brendan O'Reilly is with us again. Hey, Brendan. Hi, Annette. Hi, everybody. I'm Brendan. I'm the deputy managing editor. And I'm Annette Hinklin. I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And we have two very special guests with us today. One is senior reporter Mike Wright. Hi, Mike. Hi. <laughs> Has a lot to say, as you can tell. And we also have with us Charlie McArdle. And Charlie is the superintendent of highways for Southampton Town. And we always like having Charlie on because you've been on once before. And it was a pretty good topic that we discussed. So you're back again. How are you? I'm good. And thank you for having me. Good to have you. So this we thought would be sort of a fun summer summer theme. And this kind of relates to a story that Mike wrote about um, East Hampton Town. And it turned out that Charlie kind of weighed in after Mike's story with a little bit of input on his own about this topic. And this is the subject of goats being brought in to eat invasive species. So Mike, do you want to jump in and talk about the um, meeting that you covered in which the topic of goats was brought up and what they can devour in a very short time. Uh, Sure. So yeah, goats um, actually are a tool uh, for vegetation control. Uh, It's apparently been done for a long time. It was done about a decade ago in the Long Pond Greenbelt. They used uh, the friends of the Long Pond Greenbelt actually rented some goats or hired some goats uh, that were brought in to munch on invasive plant species that uh, fortuitously goats apparently really love to eat and don't particularly care for local plant species, native plant species. And so East Hampton Town and the concerned citizens of Montauk um, are going to use goats to clear out some invasive plant species on a big piece of property that uh, pretty much anybody that's been to Montauk has driven by and almost nobody would ever have noticed was there because it is uh, right along the highway, the old Montauk highway, just as it comes into uh, downtown Montauk. But there are 12 to 15 foot high bushes, privet really, uh, and um, a couple other like vines and honeysuckles and stuff like that, that you just don't even notice it just looks like a big bramble and uh those are all invasive plants that have pretty much taken over the upper third of the property the property runs all the way down to the water and i walked in there the other day for the first time and it's just a gorgeous property uh but you can't see it because of these huge bushes along the road and most of those are just going to be pulled out there um Privet and a lot of those honeysuckle uh, just come out very easily. They've got very shallow roots. Uh, they can just go in with, uh, you know, machines or even guys in, uh, by hand and just pull them out. But there's some uh, very steep parts of the uh, of the property, and those are populated mostly by a couple of vine species, um, multiflora something or other. Multiflora rose, right? That's those are the really good smelling roses that you smell at the beach. That that's the one, right? Exactly. Rose, and, yeah. uh, right, exactly. I mean, and these these are invasive plants that we all, you know, would know because anytime you've walked down through a through a, a an upland to a beach, 
these plants have established themselves decades and decades ago. Uh, and so anyway, those uh, in those steep spots, it's about eight acres of that property uh, divided into four different areas um, where clearing them out with uh, by hand or or with machines would be very difficult. And so uh, the engineers that have designed this uh, plan to revitalize this 40 acre piece of property are going to bring in goats and they're going to fence it off and just release the goats in there and let them uh, munch away uh, starting probably early next spring. And they're going to, you know, live there through the, through the summer. They're going to build little shelters for them because goats don't just love sleeping outside like cows. Uh, and they're going to have to be given water and stuff like that. They got to be sort of babysat, but otherwise they'll just live in there and, and uh, munch on their multiflora rosa. Very good. I think it's worth mentioning that that they're not going to release the goats like they release the wild turkeys. Because I noticed people weighing in on the Facebook post like, oh, no, they're going to let goats go wild. And it was, not, you know, it's not going to be the lions that they use to kill all the yeah. North Haven. <laughs> right. So I think it's important that people understand that these goats are like, you know, they, they belong to somebody and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be proud. and they're going to be fenced in. They're building, they're they're building exclosure fences around each section of property that they want the goats to clear out and uh they'll just live in there until right. those plants are gone and then they'll move uh-huh. on they'll go back to wherever they're from i forget yeah yeah uh, do you know where they're getting the goats i, I do don't know? remember you know what he said it during the meeting and i i don't have my notes he's before. getting them from charlie's farm that's right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good segue bill so charlie let's talk about goats like what do you how do you come about your goat knowledge and how do you use your goats and are they big invasive plant eaters i just like the term goat, goat knowledge <laughs> yeah we we kind of have a different theory on our art here and it was my deputy's idea mark brager actually he was up at the farm he was uh he was visiting my goats and he said he heard stories of uh where people have rented goats to take care of some of the overgrown plants. And then we came up with this idea that, look, the town of Southampton has lots of acreage that is owned by CPA, you know, the community preservation fund. Uh, nobody really is in there maintaining it. Uh, so we came up with this idea. We're starting with uh, just the municipalities properties. We have a, a portable fence we take the fence out, we roll it out, and we just we have three goats now, and we let the goats go to town just for the day. And then uh, if we have to bring them back to that spot, we will. But again, we're starting right now just on just at, on the highway's property for the most part. The, the highway department, let's face it, is not the most environmental uh, municipality in the town. Uh, so any little bit will help. Uh, we've actually brought them over to to over to the dump where there's some brush and stuff, and we tried to see how they would do there. And I think it's actually um, it's working. Not only are they clearing this without any pollution to anybody, but it's also been a big morale booster in the highway department. We have the crews bring their families in the back now to visit the goats. You know, on their breaks, every time I go back there, there they are having their coffee over there, checking out the goats, and it's become very, very popular. Um, we did have one mishap where uh, his, his name is Studs. He got out uh, and didn't want to go back. We had to call animal control, but a few hours later, he was just laying by the by the uh, pen to go in. Huh. But again, I think it's, it's actually a great idea. It's, uh, you know, the community loves it. Um, it's good for the environment. Um, 
and and you know it's again it's a, it's believe it or not it's a, mor- a morale booster in the highway to Bob, which I never thought it would be. So are these goats are, are these goats your pets? I'm sorry, are these your pet goats? Yes, they we own the goats. So we we brought the goats down, and yeah. and the crew built uh, a nice pen in the back. And there was some old equipment. They called it the graveyard that we've been cleaning up since I took over. And they built a, uh, they took a tractor trailer bed to make them a house. And uh, everyone's welcome to stop by if they want. It's across from the office on your way to, uh, they don't like to use the word dump, to waste management. Uh, it's on the left. If you went past the highway barn, they would be in the back. But again, it, it's been a big morale booster and it's, it's great for the environment. Is there any cost to the town for that, Charlie? No, I still pay for all the food, all the feed and stuff like that. Yeah. Are they hungry after eating? After eating all of those invasive plants, do they? you actually have to feed them? Can they fill up on that? They, they certainly can. and But the problem is they're similar to the dogs. They don't stop eating, you know. Uh. Um, so it's different when they're grazing. And that's another thing is important. Uh, when they're out grazing, they know what to eat. Or what not to eat in that closed in environment anything that goes over the fence they think it's good for them to eat um so we're very careful about that but um yeah look they get hay they get you know i gotta you know i buy straw for their bedding and it, you know once a week we go and we buy some you know a couple bales here and there um but again it's it's been working really well and uh i sent joe some pictures of them there is a mound right there in the highway department that uh, would never be able to be mowed or any machines or even the guys walk up it and there they are up there chomping away unlike in east hampton where they're actually just releasing the goats in enclosures you're actually you're taking them to open property and just what monitoring them and yeah it would it be it would be for the day yeah you're not leaving them alone yeah right they haven't ventured out and there are clearly some insurance issues like any municipality so we have to have somebody with them at all times um but you know we're going to start with just the town's property and then uh you know what somebody approached me about is there are some uh cemeteries that uh mm-hmm. They would be very interested in letting the goats go and and to clean up, you know, some of the old time cemeteries, clearly not if there's flowers there. But, um, you know, cemeteries are actually spending a lot of money to have their their cemeteries maintained. And it's actually a pretty good idea to have them in there. So, Charlie, how are you making sure that the goats are eating what they should be eating? Because. I'm sure there's a lot of native plants that look just as good to goats as as mugwort and multiflora rose does. So they, and again, this is them. It's my experience that when they are not in their pen, they know what to eat. It's when you hand feed them, that's when there's a problem. So they, you know, and we're not bringing them to people's property. So it's not really a thing where it's, you know, expensive landscaping, like we have to keep them away from that. What, you know, the goal is going to be, again, you know, you talk about the community preservation has thousands of acres in the town of Southampton. And a lot of that's not maintained by anyone. So the, the, the theory would be we could bring them to the shoulder of a road, maybe down at, at a dead end on one of the beach dead ends or the, or the uh, you know, one of the bay dead ends. And they'd be able to clear it so now people could park. You know, and again, it's it's a pilot program. It's a slow go. Is it really just about removing difficult to remove vegetation um, in lieu of, you know, 
people doing it and in lieu of using herbicides that have a lot of environmental consequences? Or are you also trying to do what they're trying to do in East Hampton, which is to let native species flourish? So it, I think it's more to in areas where the uh, highway crews don't go to, you know, and, and again, I, I, the example of like some of the, the roads, the dirt roads, the trustee roads uh, that go down to the water. And a lot of times the, the shoulders of those are overgrown and it would be a good opportunity there for them to clear it back without being in there with chainsaws and, and blowers and all kinds of other equipment that clearly, as we know, is polluting everything. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Cordoraro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books, collections, libraries, individual titles. Very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. So how much property do you think that the three goats that you have can can do in a day? Is there, do you have sort of, have you figured out how much space they can cover? They, look, we would bring them, uh, you know, we, it's funny, we, we use them like right in the yard where we are. And uh, in a day, you have to move them to the next oh. spot. They, you know, you give them this certain area and you turn around and you look like, I don't know where it went, but they, they chomp away. So we'd move them to the next area and it, it is a slow process. And again, I only have three, I apparently in Montauk, they're going to let a bunch out. Um, but three can do some damage. Hmm. And, it, and it's budget neutral because you're going to start a petting zoo. Yeah, right. <laughs> in, in East Hampton, uh, I think the engineer said that they were going to use about two or three goats per acre. Um, and so they had, I think they have four different segments at eight acres. So I imagine it'll be four little groups of, you know, three or four. Each. And Mike, it's sort of like what Charlie was talking about. The it's It's also that they're able to access like the the property along the old montauk highway that they're they're going to be on is a real steep property right and so it's it makes it hard to to even get to for to to try and mechanically do this so the goats have a benefit that way right that was yeah that was that was part of it and i i, I think that that's mostly just that that's terrain is where those those shallow rooted plants that are easy to rip out haven't grown uh, the vines that are tougher to get at uh, have have dominated those areas, but yeah, it would be, it'll obviously be a lot less disruptive to not have to, you know, rip apart that whole, those whole sections there. Yeah. They, they love poison ivy. That's great. That's what, yeah, that's what the guy they said. He it. said that's one of their favorite things wow. to eat is poison Can you ivy. Imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I bet there's plenty of that out in Montauk for them to chomp on. That's amazing. That's poison ivy spreads very quickly. So, uh, but they love it. You watch them, they follow it right along the vine and, they leave a lot of stuff alone. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fascinating, I think. 
so Mike, unlike um unlike in Southampton and East Hampton, they're looking they're not the town's not really overseeing this pro program. It's going to be the concerned citizens of Montauk. Is that, is that correct? Um, no, well, I mean, yeah, the right, exactly, yeah. The the pro the um, project is actually being paid for primarily through private donations. They got a couple of grants. They got a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant. I I'm not sure if they have it secured yet, but they're pretty confident they're getting that. Somebody donated two hundred thousand. It's going to be like eight hundred thousand for the whole property. But yes, the wow. uh, CCOM is is paying for it um, uh, primarily, and the town just. Because the town owns the property, um, it's a preserve. CCOM arranged for them to, uh, I don't think they bought it back in 1999, but as they said at the meeting, they acquired it in 1999. So it's a town property, but yeah, the, it's not a town uh, project, uh, say, but um, uh, Chick Voorhees' engineering company, Nelson Pope and Voorhees, they're, they're overseeing it and CCOM is going to provide um, the monitoring and babysitting for the goats and that sort of thing. But yeah, but like you said, a, a little over eight hundred thousand dollars total. They're gonna, they're hoping to raise. That's a ten-year project, right? Yeah, it's right over the ten years, yeah. right over the ten years. Yeah. Hi, this is Ellen Diogardi. I'm the director of events for the Express News Group. I'm also the president of the Sag Harbor Chamber of Commerce. Community really matters to all of us at this company. I know it's a good part of why I'm here. We've hosted more than 50 of our Express Sessions events in Southampton, East Hampton, and Sag Harbor, focusing on issues that matter most to residents of the East End. We bring the most important government and community leaders and topic experts together in one room, and we often find answers to complicated questions, and we grow stronger together. This all takes staff time and company resources, but it's our job, and I'm happy to say we really love our work. But we can't do it without our subscribers. If this kind of community work is important to you, you can support it by becoming a subscriber. To subscribe, visit 27east.com slash subscribe. And thank you. So, Charlie, I was just going to ask how common this was. Have you heard about a lot of municipalities using goats to uh, clear out foliage? I saw an article uh, about New York City using it, using goats in Central Park, and I was talking to the deputy about it. And he's the one that said, hey, why don't we bring the goats down and we'll try it here. And, you know, at first I was a little hesitant, but like I said, so far, so good. Um, they Apparently there's a place on the North Shore that rents them too, like in Jamesport or Mattituck that has goats and they rent them. Um, yeah. So it, it, it is, it's it's a common thing. Um, just on the East End, yeah. on, on the South side of the East End, haven't really haven't really got involved in it, but I think it's a great idea. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. The Long Pond Greenbelt used them, uh, according to Mike's article about a decade ago to, to clear, um, to clear some uh, pasture. Yeah. 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 Is this a seasonal thing, Charlie? Do, I mean, is it, is it only going to, going to be applicable in certain times of the year or no, they actually eat all year long. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, if, there they're going to eat it and uh, believe it or not i think after the fall is, is the time when we can get them into in deeper into the, some of the shoulders and they could do some damage um you know clearly when there's snow on the ground but even when there's snow on the ground they threw it but um but it, it's all year round you know so if there's no snow on the ground they'll be yeah. eaten you gotta put little blankets on them though joe <laughs> yeah exactly i'm guessing you uh you don't really have a plan to expand this. This is really just using using your resources that you have at your disposal, right? 
Well, again, you know, we're labeling it a pilot program. Um, if if it seems to work and the community likes it, I could see us expanding a little bit. Again, we only have three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, you see every day in the paper there are people that are, you know, sadly trying to trying to get rid of the goats they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you get like any any animal, they they multiply, and if you're not prepared for you know, the offspring, then you see, I see it all the time. And everybody sends them to me because they think I'm the goat guy, but it's really Mark <laughs> Vega that's the goat guy. Maybe um, maybe you could start a, a no. goat yoga um, series there. Yeah, I, these guys, uh, they would they would crush you if they were climbing up. <laughs> well, the baby ones, if you have any little ones, I guess. Yeah, but, um, you know, I'm not opposed to it, but right now we're going to see, we'll do it for about a year with the three and, and see if it works. And, uh, we want to expand clearly nature takes its course do you have to like get union approval before you start hiring animals to do <laughs> oh it although i thought it was a joke it actually came up uh i was on um the supervised uh, show and we were talking about it and i said i made the joke i didn't get you know union approval and as you guys know i used to be run the union yeah um but so far it's not causing enough you know it's almost like uh you see on the side of the highway where they use prisoners um to clean up the shoulder as a union guy i was wondering like hey wait a second that's somebody else's job Uh um but anyway so far i guess the goats are cute enough where the union guys aren't really complaining (laughs) And the goats just filed a complaint because they don't like the fact that you compared them to prisoners. So, so they filed a complaint with their union. They called HR. I know they did. Yes. That's really. So all the jobs that AI can't take, goats are going to take. <laughs> hey, the goats used to be toll collectors. Now they don't have them anymore. So I have to do them. It's another union job. I saw just go down the drain. Wow, that's pretty funny. Is this is there a history of this on the East End? I wonder. Like, uh, I wonder if this was were goats a common uh, animal to be raised at the farms on the East End? And I, I actually don't know the answer to that. I don't know that. I don't know that. They either. seem like a yeah. logical one to have, though, don't they? I mean, I remember yeah. years ago I did a story on Sylvester Manor when they were just setting up that farm, and they had a goat demonstration, and they did the same, or they brought the goats over from I think Connecticut. Um, but yeah, same thing. And it, cause they had this whole field that they wanted to, um, farm, but it had not been tilled in a hundred years, you know? Um, so they brought those goats in to clear it out and get it ready to be a, um, arable field again, which was, I thought pretty cool. And I think in the Sofo property, it was the, um, autumn olive that they had them eat. That's that very invasive little tree that had turned the meadow behind Sofo, um, it basically just taken over and they had dug and dug and dug. And there was a lot of human effort that went into removing that autumn olive, uh, but they could only get so far. And I think it would just keep popping up shoots. So they um, brought the goats in to sort of finish off the the last of the of the saplings that were coming up. And I guess they did a pretty good job of it. Charlie, in five or 10 years, we're going to be back here on a podcast talking about how all of the landscapers are now using goats instead of using mowers and that uh, they're, they're a lot more, uh, the noise quotient would be reduced significantly. Maybe. Although Joe, I would argue that we could also possibly be talking about those two goats of Charlie's that got out and procreated <laughs> unmonitored and they went crazy. And now their rival 
deer, the deer population. How do you get rid of all the goats? <laughs> it actually was pretty funny because the, the goat got out. He ran around the highway office and we border the uh, animal rescue, um, you know, right behind us. So there was a whole bunch of kids out there looking at dogs and stuff. And one of them said, hey, there's a goat. And I could see her mother say, there's no goats here. <laughs> And there was the goat standing right at the fence looking at him. It was very funny. And then he's like, Mom, can we get it? Can we get it, please? Can we get yeah, it? exactly. I'll take care but of him. I promise. I'll walk it and I'll change its litter box. <laughs> Are the goats family friendly, by the way? They're not aggressive or anything. No, not at all. The, the one we call Studs, he's afraid of people, but the other two come right up to you and, you know, they're, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. Well, they really eat like your clothing. Like I remember when I was a kid. They, you know what, they'll come up and they'll scratch on you like the brushes on the sweepers, you know, the big uh, street sweepers. Mm -hmm. We put three of them in the goat pen now and they rub up against them and scratch there them. So we're repurposing things <laughs> as we go along. So at the, uh, if you know Eastport at all, where Olish Farms is, they call it a farm, but really it's more of a farm stand than anything yep. else in a greenhouse. They have goats now. And they built this enclosure and I don't know if they ever take the farms out. I should go, I should ask them like if they're renting these goats out for petting zoos or for invasive species control, because they have a fair number of them, but the goat enclosure kind of looks like a playground. Yeah. And I've seen other people, they say, you know, if anybody's getting rid of their like little tyke slides or anything, my goats would love them. We have uh, two track, uh, two tractor tires in there. They're actually from a payloader. We buried them halfway and the goats climb on top of the tires. Um, you know, they, uh, if we put a ramp up to the top mm. of the tractor trailer bed, they would be up there. Yeah, um, yeah they're pretty sweet. But yeah, I could, I could see a, an old playground being used. I remember I was at actually a roadside stand somewhere in British Columbia and they had like a whole goat themed like attraction and you would put a treat in a bucket and the goats knew to run on this wheel way up on a, on like a up second floor and they would run on the wheel to raise the bucket up to get the, snack they were very very busy goats like they may have been union goats is what i'm guessing because they certainly had a job to do and they were not stopping it so this is this is pretty funny i just googled goats and invasive species and the second article that popped up is from my college newspaper in iowa and they're using goats they bought four goats that now live on the campus just to control invasive weeds on because it's yeah. The hilltop is the name of the campus, and it's got some very steep hills that uh, apparently they couldn't mow, and they were getting overgrown with uh, garlic mm, mustard. Garlic mustard, and, and it shows, mm. the, and it shows the goat down on them. <laughs> yeah, this is an awesome trend. I, I mean, why it's not? also just you know really funny that the goats seem to prefer the invasives everywhere you know as opposed to i mean maybe that's not true in some parts of the country well, but people were sharing that there's an island in hawaii where they have goats running rampant and eating down everything because there's no population control and if they do get through the stuff that they prefer i'm sure that they yeah. start to eat other things so you know once you have a critical mass of goats they will plow down the natives but i do think you have to take some precautions there were su suggestions that some native plants were going to be fenced off before they let goats into certain enclosures because they don't want right. those touched. Uh, and some of the things like grasses, you know, they, they're there, but they're not getting any sunlight because they're under invasive. So they're not taking off. So the goats aren't going to eat them when they're, you know, something you could barely see, but then you get rid of the invasives and suddenly you have fairly tall little blue stem. If you sent goats back in there after that's 
that was the only thing left in the pen, sure, yeah. they would gobble it up. But if you're using strategy, you're only going to send it to areas that have more invasives than they have natives. Do, do they eat grass, Charlie? Can I borrow? Sure. Can I borrow your goats for like an hour a week to to mow my lawn? Yep. Actually, <laughs> do they eat Virginia creeper? Is is the big question because then we could they could come over to our place and and Joe, Virginia while, creeper yeah. is a native plant <gasps> on Long Island. Joe. It is, is the it host really? plant of the Virginia creeper sphinx moth, which is a very beautiful moth. Mm. Don't touch it. I did not know it's, that. I thought it was an invasive. It's aggressive. Yeah, it's aggressive because it's viney, yeah. but it's not invasive. So that climbing bittersweet's kind of bad, though, I think, right? That would be a good one for the goats to eat. Yeah. Uh, Asian bittersweet um, or... What about... Tree of Paradise. No, Tree of Heaven. Tree of Heaven. That's the, that's the one we're, that the lanternflies want, right? We're, we're kind of getting into the weeds here a little bit, guys. <laughs> Wasn't that the idea <laughs> there, Bill? Uh, nice. I thought that Nicely was the point. All right, Bill, you ask a question. You ask a goat question, Mr. <laughs> we're in the weeds. <laughs> Is there a downside to any of this, Charlie? Do they, have, uh, do they generate a lot of waste or anything? Is that... So... You know, I'm not sure if the evasive uh, plants that they eat, uh, if their seeds make it through to the end, if you know what I mean. But we we've been, uh, you know, recycling what what when we clean out the pen and, you know, we do a lot of beds and stuff on the on the right of ways. So we're kind of almost making our own mulch in the highway department, mm -hmm. not for sale, not a big pile. Anyway, we're using the <clears throat> using everything that we get from the pens to recycle uh making our own mulch so to speak so on the subject of goat manure i wonder because we're so sensitive on the east end to things like goose poop and animal poop and effluent getting into our waterways do you take any precautions if you have them like near a water body or they just kind of have to go where they are and you're not going to go back and scoop it up after them well, I guess when they're out grazing on the right-of-ways, we're not scooping up after them. It, I mean, it, it's pretty much organic all the way through. It's grass-fed, uh, you know, some of the best, you know. Um, but, you know, in the yard, in the highway yard, they're in a pen. And when we clean the pen, uh, we've been, you know, uh, composting what comes out of the pen, the straw, the, the waste, the... Um, and we have these piles that uh, hopefully next year we can use them as as uh, topsoil and so on in, in some of the right of ways. Do they like ticks, Charlie? Uh, <laughs> no, they don't eat. They only eat. Will, will they? Will they eat ticks? No, you need to get guinea hens now. I got to get a whole set of guinea hens. <laughs> can we train them to eat ticks? So I did a whole article about uh, tick larvae, and I was talking to Suffolk County specialist on arthropods, and he said any animal you get is going to be a host for more ticks than they'll ever eat. So all these people that say, oh, buy guinea hens, buy, buy this bird, that the guinea hens are going to host mm. more ticks on your property than they're going to eat on your property. But with goats, mm. I mean, they're, they're mammals like cats and dogs. You could probably put flea and tick collars on goats. They're going into areas that are probably tick ridden. But if you have collars on them, they'll probably, you know, pick up ticks and kill them off. But I don't know if you, you do a front line on your goats, Charlie. Uh, we haven't researched that yet. That's true. Goat front line. I love it. They get, <laughs> they get brushed every day, so we're trying to keep tabs on them. Yeah. 
I think it's a cool trend. I, I and I think it's I think it's it's interesting yeah. that it's sort of happening yeah. organically, no wow. pun intended. That's, uh, that's really neat. In the the two different towns, and uh, I'd like to see this become more of a trend. I think it's a a neat idea. And Charlie, as you said, as people become more aware of it, it'll become yet another thing you see on a regular basis out here. That's just a unique thing, and then it's a little bit of a throwback to our agrarian roots. I love it. I think it's a, a maybe, cool thing. Maybe we'll have um, goat tourism. I could see people coming out and you know bring their little bottles of wine and you know watch the goats do their thing. Goats of the Hamptons. Yeah. Well, if only the deer would prefer those invasives rather than the ornamental plants and the uh, the natives, we would be in much better shape right now. If we could train them. True. How's the weather upstate, Charlie? It's actually beautiful today. It was a little cloudy this morning. I know on the island you guys are getting rain, right? Not yet. I, I am in I am in Riverhead and it's kind of thundering a little bit too. The dog went and hid. Oh, no kidding. Not here yet, but I think it's coming. Have a good weekend on the farm, Charlie. Thanks so much, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. See you, Charlie. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.